The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we should conclude our study in this the early way when the sign gifts were in operation as we look through chapter 12, and we'll begin introducing that excellent way in chapter 13, that way of charity. First a word of prayer, then find 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28. Father, we come now in Jesus' name. I thank you for this opportunity to preach the word of God. I pray it would find its mark upon the hearts of your people. And Lord, strengthen the saints today, I pray, for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, unity in the body. It was emphasized according to that heavenly body, verses 12 and 13. It was emphasized according to the human body, verses 14 through 27. And now it is exemplified according to the headship over the body. Now to exemplify means to illustrate by example. God himself has provided the unity for the body in its every design from beginning to end. He has an order, chapter 11 dealt with it, and he has an operation for the body of Christ both now and forevermore. Verse 28, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? 
are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And so now we look together at the headship over the body. First of all, God's divine order for the body. In verse 28, the establishment belongs to him. And God hath set some in the church. Notice the establishment, first, second, third, after that. There is an order. There is an order of priority. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Now, I believe you find a very close parallel in Ephesians 4. He mentions apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers as gifts given for the body of Christ. God established it this way, and first, in the earliest days of the church, you have the apostles. You have second, the prophets. You have third, the teachers. I believe the evangelists are right in that same time frame. And so, pastors and teachers, these gifts are still in operation. The apostles, then, would be that foundation work, that pioneering work, where the foundation is being laid for the church. The prophets, those men, let me back up. The apostles were those men who had saw our Lord Jesus Christ and were specially sent on a mission for him, set apart, sent out. The prophets were those men that would give forth directly inspired utterances before the completion of the New Testament. Therefore, the apostles are the foundation work. The prophets are that revelation work. God is revealing his truth. The word of God is being written, is coming together. And during that time, prophets are inspired and influencing and instructing God's people, even the body of Christ. And then teachers, those gifted to expound truth, to explain truth, to further the body, to edify. Apostles are foundation, prophets are revelation, and then evangelists are that proclamation work. But then here he mentions teachers, and I believe we can include pastors and teachers parallel here alongside this. And this is edification work where you edify the saints. You teach them truth and you build them up based on the word of God and in the body of Christ. God's divine order for the body, it begins with establishment and it belongs unto him. 
Now, he continues and he mentions the exclusions. And these also belong to him. It's pretty obvious, but all of these questions, the answer is no. Are all apostles? No. God only chose some. The rest are excluded. There is no such thing as the latter-day saints with latter-day apostles, be they Mormon, be they charismatic, whatever title they choose, God is not calling men to be apostles today. The exclusions belong to God. Are all prophets? No. They were not then, and they certainly are not now. We looked at it a couple, three weeks ago, maybe. Prophecies, they shall fail. God would send these gifts away. He would withdraw them. He goes on, are all teachers? No, not everyone is gifted to teach and instruct the body of Christ. It just is not so. Are all workers of miracles? No is the answer. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. God's divine order includes not only the establishment for the body, first apostles, second prophets, thirdly teachers, and then after that, miracles, the gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Notice how tongues is mentioned last, but it was prized most by the Corinthians and prized most, quote unquote, it's not the true gift of tongues, but the charismatics of today hold tongues. I believe they hold tongues above truth and they hold tongues above Christ's death on the cross and above Christ himself. And it's nothing but satanic and demonic work and keeping men bound, blind and deceived. And so the exclusions belong to God. Not all had all the gifts. But then God's divine operation in the body. We see that which is best. He says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. How these gifts should be sought, covet earnestly. And then what really should be sought? the best gifts, those which are useful or serviceable or advantageous to the body. Covet the best gifts, Paul said, where God can use you to edify, to instruct, to build up, to help, to discern, and to order others within the body of Christ, to bring order unto others within the body of Christ. That which is best, but that which is better. He says, and yet, show I unto you a more excellent way. What is this excellent way? It must be chapter 13, even the way of Christian charity. Chapter 13 is what I call a majestic exposition of God's love and the life that he wants to live out and love 
out through the believer. In Romans 5, 5, we read, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The excellent way of God's love, how it adorns our lives, how it acts in this world, and how it abides. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Brethren, how are we on our charity? Oh, that God would clothe us with humility and we would wear that apron of a servant and have fervent charity as the top and chief garment above all. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.